0: G'day and welcome to Runners Radio, as always brought to you by Runners.com, your running coach, anytime, anywhere. I am your head coach and host, Rick Mirabella, and with me today is a three-time Ironman, an Australian age group representative at the Olympic Distance Triathlon only this year, media personality and all-round cracking humoured. welcome David Gately.
1: I think at least the latter part of that is debatable, but um, all the other stuff seems accurate. That's good relatively accurate relatively.
0: I've got him in his natural
1: environment listeners mm. he is
0: very at home behind the microphone a lazy 10 to 15 years on TV radio
1: yeah, I reckon 11 years TV um, and uh, yeah a bit longer than that through radio mediums and, and sorts of things so it's been a been a good journey
0: it's been a great journey and one that the listeners will love because it is different and mm. it purely we talk about self-made successes this man in front of me is certainly one of those but we'll get to that a little bit later on, currently an average, your last few weeks in training, just take us through that, and then we'll go back and, and just realise how we all got here, so what's your last few weeks been like, Gator?
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I tend to dedicate about 20 hours a week to training, obviously cup week is a bit different given the, uh, the work environment, but outside of that, you know, 18 to 22 hours roughly when I'm not training for an Ironman, um, is... Uh, What it is And the work You know Work's probably 30 to 40 hours um, And then you've got Your family time And so on So I don't have A chance to get bored Which is great Um, But I do try And fit in Three to four Sessions Of each of the disciplines um, During each week
0: So you raced On the weekend Now In the southern hemisphere We are coming into Triathlon season So we had Round one on the weekend Now it's not the Gatorade series anymore What's it called? Two times you The two times you series So we raced The sprint distance
1: yeah, without a swim league. So it was virtually a duathlon, which it was. Um, so the water quality was down. So just a pipe opener for me. Sunday week's the first race with a swim.
0: Okay. Now, 20... This is... I was going to get here later, but we'll get slightly into this now. So non-specific period at the moment, and you're still over 20
1: hours a week. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, it's generally what I do. Even, even a quiet week's probably still 18 hours. It's just become a lifestyle. Yeah. So it is... It is what you do now. You get up and you you do something. Um, Otherwise, you still have your easy days. Mm. um, But it just doesn't feel right if I'm not uh, exercising.
0: In that mode, and we talk about it so often, I guess, on a lot of our posts and and even in here, that continuity Mm. is king. And and um, I've done videos and blogs on that before. Someone like you has just made it. You haven't waited to be motivated. Gator never waits. I've known Gator a long time. He never waits to feel good or never waits to um be motivated or has to watch a youtube clip to get motivated he it's something he does exactly what he says he just gets up and goes and as soon as you wait for motivation it's probably the beginning of the end so he knows that that's his lifestyle now
1: yeah i reckon the key to it is picturing how you'd feel after the session if you don't go um and there's an old saying that um you know the time will pass anyway whether you Look at the, the size of the mountain. I mean, just because it's going to take a long time to get there, the time's going to pass anyway. So um, that 90 minutes that you didn't get up out of bed um, is going to pass and how will you feel afterwards, and that's a great motivator.
0: That's Listeners, that's already nugget. Minute one, nugget <laughs> one, that is as good as it gets. And I, I would totally agree with that, mate. I always say, so just press, put the alarm, the iPhone, or whatever you need, your runners, and get your gear ready and just – as soon as you're, you hit your feet hit the ground, you better be moving. Yeah. That is so true. Because exactly right. And the more days, weeks, months, years that continues, it just becomes habit. a hard, wired yeah. habit. And that's exactly right. Now, Gator, you have done so much. We're not going to go into that yet. But take us back to a junior, little Gator dog running around <laughs> schoolyards. Now, I know you're a local to this area. Yeah. We are in Bayside, Melbourne, listeners, as you know. Um, I'm pretty confident... You went to the same primary school as more youngsters <laughs> in Aspendale. Now, tell me about your sporting prowess as a junior.
1: Gee, the school's grown a bit since then, isn't mm. it? Um, just a lot more little humans, which is great. But, uh, look, for me, I had a foot in my hand uh, when I turned probably six or seven um, and it never left my hand for probably until I was 35, basically. Um, in the off-season, I'd do cricket, basketball, um, all sorts of things. So um, highly active, highly competitive um highly motivated to be the best I could be and never got really into sort of and sm- never got into smoke all that sort of stuff because it would have interfered with um being the best I could be so I loved sport I loved the competition of it I loved the mateship of it and um that hasn't changed to this day I'm just a bit slower
0: with you as a footballer I didn't know you we got to know each other well through coaching yeah. you you will be modest but i did a lot of research mate you'd be surprised at the amount of research <laughs> i did over the last 7 days you you were a supremely talented footballer and yeah gut runner aerobic beast hard at it usual all the usual midfield traits with and the other thing i found out now i've known you i know you're ultra ultra competitive but the level of, i was cuz you are such an affable and likable bloke the level of competitiveness i um i was unaware of until i did my research so was that just something intrinsic yes and were you, ever, were you ever able to to stop, like in, during a week? Because I just find I, w- what I've done my reading and my my um, research on you is you just you stop
1: Yeah, look, I think it, it probably got to a dangerous level. You can imagine a little needle heading into you know into the red zone for a bit there. Um, in that, I was taking it too personally. Like a, a loss or at footy or a bad game, I was taking it as um, a flaw in my own character which is clearly wrong. And the smartest thing I ever did was go and see a sports psychologist and he said basically after seven sessions and seven one hours, self-worth has nothing to do with sport, but you're, but it's part of the drive, the competitive drive without any doubt um, that you wanna be the best you can be. So once I learned that, that um, evolved into my coaching was able to teach um, the next generation that exact point and it became the foundation of of the coaching philosophy basically
0: that's that's so, so I, yeah i don't I had no idea about that so how old were you when you saw the sports psych and that is such a good lesson
1: yeah probably early 20s so mm-hmm. footy was everything to me mm-hmm. then i remember going to a job interview not a job interview sorry a um uh parent teacher interview at st beads and year eight i think it was year nine and uh teacher said so what do you want to do david I'm, I'm playing footy that's that's what i'm doing he said well only three percent you know make it um and make good money out of it make a living out of it so you need something else to fall back on so that was sort of all i had and um that was my entire drive which a lesson i needed to learn
0: to source a sports psych in your early 20s was was quite out of your time as well yeah did it that that's a phenomenal so That is stuff you would have carried right through your sporting career. Footy, I knew, was such a big part of your life. Coaching came as a direct, obviously, consequence of that. With your coaching, I saw it. um, And this uh, it's just at an elite level, at VFL level, um, Gator was coaching the forwards and the mids. Is that right? Forwards, yeah. Yeah, forwards. And just so supremely astute but yet measured. Um, And I always wondered... So you've, you've obviously done a lot of self-discovery before that, before I met you, which was yeah 10 years ago now. Yeah. A lot of self-discovery and just self, self-education, which is something in itself.
1: Yeah, look, I think it's, it's really important. Um, and again, uh, the best single lesson I've learned, I mean, I still brought things to my coaching that uh, great humans and great coaches like Jeff Linky at Parkdale, um, Peter Geddes, would just say a Tuesday night off the cuff and it's amazing the things that stick in your head mm. and you regurgitate them uh so long later. so you're building this profile and this bank of, of knowledge um but certainly self-awareness um is is so important to to pass on because so many kids coming through at, at oakley where i was originally and then at frankston um i was seeing similar traits that um that i had and, and hopefully had some sort of impact
0: you hope it does and yep. you hope that if you can see a, a version of yourself or even a 5% of yourself in someone that they can also take that on and like you said, intrinsically or subliminally it stays with them yep. and you hope that it, it does help them evolve and not it doesn't fall on deaf ears mm-hmm. which is which is every coach's worst nightmare. But yep. you definitely, mate, the one I know you knew as a football coach you certainly um, did help many young, very elite, talented footballers evolve but also the kids that needed a bit of... That obviously outside of footy weren't weren't coping and that that's probably yeah. if anything is one of your, your greatest legacies as a coach you went on to coach youngsters at the elite levels well even younger than that was that right under 18 is that right
1: yeah I mean, so we had a couple of years at the uh under 19s um with the VFA coached against uh, Vic Country um they're a bit too good for us most years we beat them one year but the result wasn't important uh, what was important is the exposure for these kids and um uh, I thought that was a great experience. Went to New Zealand with the Under-18s as well. Um, so look, uh, you know, as I say, if we've had some sort of impact, that's a massive win.
0: Absolutely, when that age is such an important age, yeah. when exactly what you're telling me about your Year Nine parent teacher, where footy is absolutely everything, and at that age, footy is everything yet again, because they've made this rep team. They're good enough to be coached by you at this representative level. They're good enough to go across the Tasman. Is it the Tasman, New Zealand, um, and they're, they're, they're this good? So they're clearly they're at a very pointy end, and it, that you don't want to be defined by your sport. And yep. so many of us, especially younger days, were defined by our sport. And it, exactly, if we failed, we would be miserable for the week, yep. or we'd. Some of us would cope differently, and maybe other other alcohol, other mechanisms. Yep. Just to just, but you, it's it's not good. You can't live your life through sport like that. It's mm. it shouldn't be another stressor or another chore in your life. It should be an outlet to enjoy your mates, exactly what you said, and enjoy. This is another thing I loved about you when I was doing my reading was you just loved being the best you could be. And Mm. I just love that concept of for any, we're probably talking predominantly to endurance athletes on this podcast, but just every day I need to make sure I improve. Mm. Not just, I'm talking about me, literally guys, just all you guys. What am I going to do in the rehab room, in the weights room, on the bike or the pool or the or the, or the the track? Even if I read for 90 minutes, I just love – if I learn, I've, I've achieved something that day. So how do we get better every day? And Gator is just so good at it because he simplifies it all. He keeps it really simple, and I'll, I'll stop talking. I'll let him talk in a minute. But he keeps it simple. He works his ass off, but he makes sure he gets better. And he's just hell-bent on getting better, but now you've coped with – having a bad performance, is that?
1: Yeah, 100%. And it was, You cope uh, better. Yeah, 100%. Um, Realising uh, <laughs> that one has nothing to do with the other, uh, a sporting success and um, and your worth as a human, uh, mm. it's just poles apart. It's it's hilarious that I had to learn that, but hopefully, um, you know, that everyone gets there, gets there eventually. <laughs>
0: Mate, you're doing, you do, and you're ahead of your time because I certainly, there's a lot of very good football coaches, unfortunately, probably don't know that yet so you were definitely of your time in your early 20s now footy footy's obviously kicking along quite nicely in your early 20s but before this came one of the greatest i don't know i don't even know i want to call you an entrepreneur it's more of a (laughs) like when i say self-made this man in front of me is self-made and not a week goes by that he doesn't work his ass off to keep it that way 17 18 years of age you start rating and tipping horses, yes.
1: Yep, and again it comes back to immediately wanting to be the best I could be. So, <laughs> I first time I even had my dollar fifty each way on a horse Durham Rivers. What year was that? Sorry. Oh, I reckon I was seventeen. Yeah. So, uh, quick maths, eighty nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Torific, Melbourne Cup. Oh, good year. Good Super year. Superimposed.
1: Superimposed. Freedman Quinella. The um. Yeah, it was, and I immediately wanted to be the best form analyst in the country, if not the world. So I set the wheels <laughs> in motion to do that. Um, I sourced uh, some brilliant individuals, some professional punners, happy to pay for their knowledge, and just learnt and learnt and learnt. Um, build a little tipping thing, which was free. A couple of mates, lawyers at the law firm I was working at at the time. And each week they would hound me for these tips and it just grew from that. And I'm still building my knowledge today. Make no mistake that we're still learning. Um, but that's where it stemmed from. A, the desire to be the best and B, building your knowledge.
0: I've got a massive smile on my face, <laughs> listeners. It's, it's, re- it's a fascinating story and a few things I want to touch on. The, a lot of tipsters or rating experts – get into it for the mathematics, you got into it purely for the sport and the competitiveness
1: and the athletes, yes? 100%. So the athletes, number one, um, the elite racing, the elite. It's like the Olympics, the spring carnival for equine, for horses, uh, and it's, it's fascinating. So long before I was interested in the punt, I was interested in the athletes mm. and uh, the competitiveness of it and, again, being the best. So um, you've got to be a little bit careful there because a lot of ultra-competitive Uh, humans, that's when they get into a bit of trouble with their gambling. Mm. So, you know, we we always encourage to bet within your means and that sort of stuff. So um, that's where it sort of stemmed from, Um, the athlete well before the punt.
0: Yeah, and I I can certainly um, sympathise with that. I've loved the physiology, and I think I've mentioned before with Shark, the physiology of of the equine athlete from kindergarten, and it's ridiculous. And they're married in exactly the same as what Gator just said. The Olympics, it all just married in, and it was just for me and pe- so we in, in Australia listeners if you're not from here it really is AFL footy that we've already mentioned for 20 minutes horse racing and cricket they're the big three and and this man you can tell he we won't spend too much longer on this but he said he wanted to be the best and I'm not just pissing in his pocket he is the best in the nation right now probably for the last decade and I you talk to any in the game in Melbourne and Sydney which are the two meccas of, the, of thoroughbred racing and Dave Gately is a household name in that in that industry and people know him, they respect him and he's so astute. He's been astute enough to stay on radio for 15 years, television for 11. Tell me about the TV because you originally wanted to be the astute tips to which you, mate, you are. You put 40 hours a week into it and, and I get your osracing.com email every week which is unbelievable and it's just the amount of work that goes into that is, is phenomenal you wanted to be the astute tipster. The I don't know if you wanted to be the serious or the straight guy. That very hmm. quickly changed on a, a very popular television show here in Australia called Get On. Tell me about Get On and the genesis of that.
1: Look, it's a lot of fun, is what it is. Um, I think we, when we first started that show, um, the mantra was uh, play between the arcs. So what that means is for those non-cricket lovers is play with a straight bat, uh, play to your strengths. Don't try and be funny. Uh, just get the information out. Um, what will evolve naturally is your personality and your humour, um, if there's any there. <laughs> uh, so that was a great lesson because we weren't looking for gags. We were just being ourselves and giving information. Um, as the show evolved, uh, we had a terrific host um, with Jason Richardson who was able to draw um, the, you know, a bit of humour out of a few of the guys. And, and the way they bounced off each other, I think... Had a great resonance with the audience, and hence the numbers have been terrific since. So basically, it's my favourite hour of the week work-wise. I go in there; we it's just like an old footy club, mate. We talk crap and uh, and have a lot of fun, and hopefully that comes across.
0: Mate, it does. And for any sports show, let alone thoroughbred racing, which for forty-two weeks of the year isn't exactly in the in the prime time yeah. slot, this this TV show is rated through the roof for a decade, which is ridiculous and, and no horse racing show has ever done this before and I probably he's not going to skater's not going to say it but he he should be very proud because it's a ridiculously good product and it is the complete package apart from the fact they've got so much knowledge gator especially i think he's obviously the that's the main reason he's there but his humor is unbelievable your dress sense not so no they he cops a lot of uh shit listeners now i mean i'm in a singlet in shorts all day but i do work in that environment, Gator rocks in, these guys are just all decked out in beautiful suits, he rocks in in a singlet and shorts and thongs, as is his attire today, which I love, yeah. but what's Richo think about your attire?
1: Look, he's not a big fan, uh, he's from the, uh, the the background of... Um, private school. Oh yeah, mm. uh, yeah. No, very, very prim and proper, um, so he gets a bit of a chuckle out, I think he described me as an unmade bed <laughs> when he first met me. Um,
0: your suit your suit ever ironed, they have, to, they have to iron your suits, or they just give you suits? Oh look
1: We get a few Through Peter Jackson Through the the channel Racing.com So that's a That's a good result I don't get anything Except the suits Um, But uh, Yeah so uh, Certainly don't Iron them Or or, or, um, Someone Mentioned a dry cleaner What's that? What's a dry cleaner? Dry cleaner is fantastic That's,
0: That's the only way I get anything on Sure so we, we drop them out. But the thing with dry cleaners is I drop me, so say, say um, me wedding suit for a few weeks. But sure. I drop me suit down there. I always forget to pick it up. So then six <laughs> weeks later, i got this bloody ticket in my car. <laughs> I, I think it's a tab ticket. But no, i got to go to the dry cleaners to pick up me suit. But gee, they come back looking looking nice and fresh. But so the TV is your best hour of week, which is fantastic. I just want to just, we'll move off this in a minute. But the amount of hours and the amount of time, the amount of work you put in, to those 18, 20 races on a Saturday yeah. and then the bonus race. So you probably look – you're probably tipping for 30 races a week. But every horse he's looked at, every time he's studied, every – it's just phenomenal and I can't even imagine. I know you might have it down to a bit of a fine art now, but tell me the hours and tell me three or four things you might look at on yep. in, in, in a particular Saturday.
1: Yeah, sure. So it, it's condensed a bit. I mean, if you go back 11 years when I started on – tvn it was back then which became racing.com morphed into that i was was probably 70 80 hours a week that was before we had a little human um so it was manageable still uh in the in more recent years it's much closer to 30 to 40 hours less volume more focused on the pointy end races so um saturday sydney and melbourne predominantly um through get on and some friday nights so uh that's probably as far as a meeting goes you're still looking at you know a good 15 hours um 15 to 20 hours for Melbourne and Sydney to be covered off on a Saturday.
0: If you see what he puts in and you've only got to go to Oz Racing and have a look, oh, I can't believe it's only that much. But that's what – you've obviously got very – you've got it very condensed. You're very, very good. The amount of information you put in there, that would take me – I reckon one race would take me that long. Yeah. Like, the times in it, you just got it. you to know exactly what you're looking at. Yeah. Like, the time, – you're a big times man.
1: Look, I think, like, um, you, you can't necessarily well, – or you can't be a good athlete unless you're fast – at some point of the race. Now, some are fast early, uh, some are fast late, some are fast in the middle, some are fast overall. So, it time to any uh, by any measure by any any whether it's horse racing, running hundred meters, five thousand meters, is obviously important here. Yeah.
0: It's yeah, and I just I just I've learnt so much off you just just from that kind of stuff, which I've, I really appreciate. We will move on. The media stuff is big because when you think about a young fella looking like Kurt Cobain in his mm. in his garage, just tapping away at his laptop, raiding horses to get where he's got now. He's just, um, he's inspirational itself. So regardless of what you think of the thoroughbred industry or, or if you even know about it, you need to respect the, the drive of the man to make himself into a company and a media star that he is. And he, he won't ever tell you that, but he really is. Around this time, so you're on TV, you're in the media Footy is definitely winding up You're coaching at VFL level For those overseas, it is the second best league in the nation He thinks you need a more drive You start looking, now you probably start to put a bit of weight As we do as retired footballers When does triathlon come into it? When does running come into it? And we'll just start off there for now
1: Yeah, I certainly had a desire to stay fit How um, old were you
0: quickly for the listeners? Yeah,
1: um, so There'll be many listeners in the same boat yeah that's it so i retired from footy at 33 i think or rising 34 six years of coaching at oakley so that took me to to 40 say and then had a year at frankston now that's where i met you i was say 41 then um or say 40 because i remember i had my 40th. uh so that was that so but i still had a strong desire to stay fit uh but with the 20 hours a week coaching plus the 60 there wasn't a lot left for um for for keeping fit but i still managed to tick over i remember doing a beep test with uh the Frankston Footballers is a 40-year-old and um, a pretty good result. Uh,
0: <laughs> did you beat? I can't remember that. I beat a lot of them. Was me. I taking that? Yeah, I think I would have ran. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you did beat most of them. Um, there you go. But anyway, so, yeah. so um, But then the Ironman, so I saw them. They used to run past my house, basically, the Melbourne Ironman, so for a couple of years. So I saw them running past one year and I, and I said, I'm going to do that next year. So um, I had 360 seven days to prepare um, signed up for it and then it went to a whole new level and became an addiction mm. okay <laughs>
0: all right did you so you, so you're telling me you were you riding before you said i'm going to do that were you riding the bike were you swimming in the the bay at all
1: no not in the bay i was swimming once a week um and you were just doing spin classes you, you weren't riding on the road not really no nah, and not really.
0: Th- so a year out you said you're a 41 year old male you said i'm going to do that iron man purely because it was in your home city
1: yeah, and just something to, to, um, to focus, aim for, something focus. to do. I love I thought it. it's, it's, so, yeah. so
0: just give the listeners – sorry to interrupt. You yeah. didn't do any triathlon before you said, I'm going to do the Ironman.
1: So I, I used to do one a year. Okay. So I do one sprint distance a year, um, but no official training, just keeping – if you didn't have a wetsuit, just went out and did my best, had a little crappy road bike. Um, it was worth about 8 bucks. made a Lego, but had a spin around and um, – once, yeah, but once I signed up for that, um, I did three or four that year, and then uh, obviously as I opened that door, which was a new lifestyle.
0: And a new addiction, but a very, very healthy one. Yeah. And I feel like, especially lately, you've got it to a really good spot as, as well as um, balance, but we'll yeah. get onto that in a minute. The Iron Man, were you one of, you would have been like me, no doubt, and looked at the Greg Welshs of the world, um, of 94 and that kind of stuff. Do you remember the Hawaiian Man in '92? So that kind of stuff would have been resonating with you because we only had it in Melbourne, listeners, for three or four years, by yep. the way. But when that came to town, um, all us athletes, doesn't matter what sport we played, I think had a bit of, oh, I might have to have a go at
1: that because
0: <laughs> we remember the Hawaiian Man so vividly, Mark yep. Allen, Dave Scott, all those kind of athletes. So that would have been you as well.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, and just seeing, you know, how far can you push the human body? I mean, the amazing, you would be amazed what it can do if, if you, um, you know, if you if you can, if you push it. Uh, it is phenomenal. Um, and uh, look, I didn't have a big running background, endurance background. My longest runs footy-wise was probably three or four kilometres. So that needed a lot of work. But um, as I say, I'm glad I did it.
0: Your DNA was more fast twitch yes your brother's a good sprinter your sister won the yep. stall 400 or two yeah, yeah. two times your sisters or yeah, two sisters
1: tra- two sisters um tara yeah one at stall beat Tams and lewis um, and uh yeah uh, my brother ben held the little ass records here for years so good fast twitch family that side of it um i didn't have their speed though i was always more sort of Uh, More sustained. Grinder. Yeah, mid sort of endurance Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. So um, that probably held me in good stead heading into the Ironman, but it still took a couple of years to build the big endurance base.
0: As it would for an Ironman. Now, I don't like sending any athlete to a marathon specifically, but any race. I don't like sending anyone to the starting line without me, let alone them, being 110% confident that they're going to enjoy the day and perform. I know you, and I know you would never have got to that start line in Frankston any other way. Mm. Tell me about the last three or four months of your first Ironman prep, your debut as a 41-year-old, but on debut. So tell me about the prep and how you felt.
1: Didn't know what I was getting in for, Mm. first of all. Um, So a 3.8K swim for a bloke who was swimming once a week was quite daunting. Um, The 180 bike I thought was okay, but uh, it's long and a marathon's always a marathon. Um, so look, I didn't miss any sessions. I, had a, I, I hurt my knee for a bit and saw a surgeon. he said, look, hold off till after the race. We should be able to get through. Um, so that wasn't ideal, but didn't miss too many. You know, I had a good build up. Um, got to the race, had a solid swim, had a fantastic bike, started the run so feeling amazing. I go, what's going on? What are these people talking about? This is the easiest thing in the world. Got to the last 15, 18 kilometres of the run and uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, so it was a real struggle from then on without that big endurance base um, and also got my nutrition wrong a little bit, I think. So, um, But anyway, got through it in 10 hours, 20-something and um, I was wrapped.
0: It's awesome on debut, mate. And yeah. well, look, the last 15K of bonking as well, Nutrition on debut. Lots of people. We've actually got listeners, bustled and Iron Man. We've got an athlete going over this week, so and he is more than ready as well. He's he's at a big two year base. But what did you get wrong on the day?
1: Yeah, I probably stopped um, my sort of gels and uh, the intake of carbs a little bit too early. So I probably got to Mordialik, which is about 14 kilometers into the run, roughly. Mm-hmm. So it's a long way to go, um, and sort of started backing off the uh, the gels and the and went on to liquids, and it was too soon. Um, yeah I was about Probably 5 to 10 k's Too soon in hindsight
0: Flat coke at all Later in yeah, the race Yeah I had to It was coke, too late It was too, too late, late.
1: Yeah. yeah the horse had bolted So um, it was a real struggle home But <laughs> we got there mate 10 hours
0: 20 is phenomenal Mate on mm-hmm. debut I, didn't, I actually didn't know your time. that I knew you've, you uh, went well Now As a feeling When you've crossed That Ironman finish <laughs> line um, I've never done An Ironman um, I can't imagine I, I know marathons And half Ironman The feeling is Phenomenal when you cross that Ironman finish line, that 10-hour time, the daylight would have still been well and truly out. So you see your your lovely wife, Jack, and, and beautiful Asha, probably friends, obviously, around the course. What's the feeling when you finally finish, mate?
1: No, it's, it's, yeah, quite euphoric because um, it's such a big build-up. I think that's the thing. Um, it's not like you're just waking up and, and going to spin around for 10 hours. It's, it's 12 months of sort of work, so, and a massive commitment from a lot of people involved, including, obviously, your wife and family. So um and work and and all that sort of thing so euphoric was the word um you start thinking about you know all things humans that are there are not there anymore um and would they be proud of you all that sort of stuff so no it was really good
0: it's really it, yeah it's a beautiful thing and like you said it's a combination of t- 12 months it's um it is for you but it, it's for the people that have helped you um and Look, you're you're a beautiful man and you're selfless, but it is a selfish sport in a yeah. way. You make it work, and I know your program. You make it work around everyone else. But just to see those people there at the, at the finish line of any big endurance event is phenomenal. Yeah. None so, none more so than this. Now, the Ironman was the what you needed at the time to wet the wet the appetite, mm. and it just grew legs.
1: Yeah, it did. So I've done uh, three now. I went to Port Mac the following year because Melbourne was cancelled. Um, Got a holiday out of it, so it was good. Uh, Improved my times, um, or overall time, as you'd expect. Certainly ran much better, got the nutrition right. But then the following year at Cairns, everything fell into place beautifully. Had a great swim, bike, awesome. And then a 3.30 something run, um, which was phenomenal. So to break 10 hours, I think I was 9.52, I was ecstatic. And there were tears and all sorts of things and hugs. you know, I, I thought I'd qualified for Kona actually because my coach was there about a kilometre out and he said, you're 11th. I knew there were about 10 spots. It um, turns out a couple of people, you know, got me late and I missed out by about 40 seconds from, from Hawaii. But I was so rapt to break 10 hours. It was um, a, and, and smash it. I was, it was a, the best feeling I've had in sport, probably alongside winning a flag as a coach, yeah.
0: That is unbelievable. I was going to ask, I was going to get to that when you ran that PB, so 952, yep. ridiculous, so close, in a pretty competitive race and age group, I'll get to that in a tick, but the footy premiership and that, like, I was going to compare those two because mm. that, that is phenomenal. Anything, listeners, with a nine in front of it, like, I know a lot of you listeners aren't, are unlike Mick Shark, you actually know about Ironman triathlon, just on a side note, Gator, he was, he thought Ironman was with Trevor Hendy and all this, co- yeah, sure. he's got no no idea, he actually thought it was surf lifesaver, so yeah. He's worked with you for years and doesn't even know what you do. Sure. Disgusting. A lot of love there. 952 for an Iron Man is ridiculous. Listeners, Cairns is phenomenally hot. It's it is it is as hot as this nation almost gets. So he's done a 952. The Kona thing, were you racing and thinking, geez, I'm feeling good. I could go to the ultimate here. Were you thinking that in the race at all?
1: 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. To- yeah. In the run, I knew I knew I was um well the coach was there on course. Saying-
0: so, so sorry, so you try a line right? Oh, uh, sorry so Bayside try which is a great triathlon club yeah. down down here in Melbourne so you knew top 10 went through or he was telling you top 10 went through
1: so he's looking on his phone it doesn't update quickly so in an
0: elite age group guys everyone in this age group is a, they're very good athletes yeah. to get near an Hawaiian spot is unbelievable continue yeah
1: so um, he sort of yeah, he sort of said you know you're about 11th but don't think about that keep ticking over. And I, I passed a bloke who saw my bib, didn't know me, said, um, great running, Dave. You know, you'll get a Kona spot, keep this up. So I, th- I to be honest, I thought I had it. Um, but irrespective, it didn't change the euphoria at the end anyway because you you can only do what you can do. If someone's ahead of you by a couple of seconds, that's fine. That's good luck to him. Well done. Um, you can only do your best.
0: 9.52 is elite, mate. So you, you, you can only do your best. And I've got no doubt that is... I was going to touch on this later, but this is obviously a big goal in the next year or two, yes?
1: Uh, look, it's, it's the uh, the Ironman stuff's just backed off a little bit, just because of uh, some family, uh, you know, the uh, little man, sort of nine now, needs his dad around at mm-hmm. home, so I've had to back off the training a bit, um, works okay with it, I don't really mind about that, but... Um, so it's just backed off for now. I'm not saying I won't go back to it, because I'd love to. I think you will. Yeah. But the, at the moment, the shorter stuff is is my targets.
0: Which is, we'll continue on. It's a great little segue. This year, which is ridiculous performance. Look, we all grow up uh, watching the Olympics, and and uh, we've all got our idols on the track, or, or the triathlon, or the marathon, and we all swimming, or whatever sport might be yours, to wear in our case, the green and gold, and D Gately... The great man this year was good enough to wear the green and gold in the age group world championships. The Olympic distance triathlon up in Noosa. Now, where did you qualify for that, brother?
1: Yeah, so there. Are, um, I think there were. No, I think there are nine races in, in throughout Australia. Um, they take your best three scores. Uh, so you can race in all nine if you like. Um, I raced in three. Um, so they take you know your top three scores and give you points relative to where you finish. So first, twenty five points. Second, twenty four points. Et cetera, et cetera the top 25 in each age, age group go through and qualify for the for the world. So I think 25 or 20 per country go. So I went to the uh, the race and um, had a great race. Uh, you know, I, I certainly certainly was peaking for it. Didn't miss a session. Um, it's the best nick I've been in, uh, including Ironman, probably equal, um, and uh, had a great race. pb beat it. Um, I think I was 18th world ranking and sixth Aussie. So um, I, again, couldn't have been happier without standing on a podium.
0: Um, listeners, it's it's a tough age group. Now, he won't mind me. He's at 45 to 49. It, yep. is, it is as tough as it gets in this endurance sport because so many people, we say continuity and time, money in the bank, for say, people start doing this stuff at 35. So they really, there's so many guys that are borderline elite by the time they get to 45, 46 because they've got a decade of continuity in the bank and it all just... Yeah. Parlays into that With the You said you would Spot on the knocker Now so many good athletes Have got to Olympic Games Even I'm talking yeah. the elite of the elite Let's use a Mo Farah In 08 Just absolutely cooked it Overcooked yeah. it You As such an obsessive trainer Had the potential to do that But clearly tape it down perfectly yeah. Got everything right On the day To perform To that level Did you feel like You were just Bouncing out of your skin no. On a Sunday morning
1: yeah, I, I it's vividly, a good feeling. Oh it is. It's fantastic. And um, like I vividly remember putting on my uniform at like four thirty in the morning. That was a uniform, and it happened to be a mirror there. I wasn't looking for it. Rubbish. <laughs> um, and I, I thought to myself that, that you're in pretty good nick right at the minute. So
0: he did um, send me a selfie. It looks. <laughs> for it. I did ask for it.
1: <laughs> it's in your wallet.
0: I was um, also in bed at the time.
1: Yeah, it's it. So um, I, so I knew I went in with great confidence and felt amazing. Uh, I was nervous about the swim because it was an open, deep water start and Mm -hmm. I knew some very, very good swimmers, some ex-pros, you know, as well. So, um, but look, had a fantastic race uh, and peaked at the right time, tapered perfectly, which I hadn't done in the past. I'd sort of got that wrong as you touched on. They still get it wrong at the Olympic level. Absolutely. Um, uh, So it's a real art form. Mm.
0: The tapering's an art form in any kind of endurance sport, but when this this Olympic distance... Because you've got to be sharp as well, you can't afford to be sluggish like you. Yep. The 1.5K swim speaks for itself, but those last two events are sharp.
1: Yeah, they
0: 90K are. 90K and then a 10K bolt.
1: You're basically 90% of your heart rate mm. for two hours. Um, so it's 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 a real challenge physically and mentally, irrespective of your age.
0: Now, your run leg improved again. You've really been working on that. Did you feel, with this with the run leg, what do you feel... At the moment, as we sit here today, is your best distance as far as higher up the placings?
1: Yep. Yeah, so the the, the 5K, I think, uh, is probably because there's less chance for people to pass me. Um, the 10K, uh, which at the at the Worlds, for example, I was 14th with 2Ks to go, so 4 got me late. Um, so they're just a bit stronger on the run, those elite guys. Um, as we step out to a marathon, and the last iron man again you know i was 10th or 11th with five or 10ks to go so a few of those really good runners are consistently getting me late over irrespective of the distance um so yeah um, it, it's it's my weakest of the three disciplines it's not it's not bad but it's just it's not um at basically at the, at the top sort of three or four percent level that it needs to be
0: pretty amazing most footballers would transition to endurance sport and certainly or if it's a multi-sport this one certainly think running was the best because afl is such a running based game yeah. probably shows you how strong you are on the other two mate which is a credit to your work rate on those two because you wouldn't have spent too much time in your 20s and 30s on a bike or the no, water so it. credit to how hard you've worked tell me some of your mentality we'll, we'll start to get off try in a minute but tell me some of your mentality when you are racing what's going through your head for nine hours 52 minutes hmm. Because this is an interesting one, because people ask me about the marathon all the time, and it's just that focus. You you want to, you've got, you're just focused on on being in the moment and, and making sure you're controlling what you can tr- control, and not panicking and just staying relaxed. And it's the bloke who can relax the longest will win. You, this is different kettle of fish altogether. Mm. Nine hours. What are you talking about? Thinking about?
1: Yeah. So for, for an Ironman, um, it's such a mental game. So uh, certainly in the swim, you're focusing. You can't win the race in the swim, but you can certainly lose it, which is a common saying. So you cannot go too hard. Um, you've got to be operating probably around 80%. So, um, you know, just using enough energy, uh, staying calm, relaxed, but um, but moving along. Uh, the bike, um, I don't work off power, but a lot of them do. So it gives them a really good idea of, of how they're pacing themselves, irrespective of wind, rain, um people around you, all that sort of stuff. So I'm sort of going as as I feel. Um, Again, working on 80, 90% uh, perceived effort. And then into the run, I had a focus of first 10 kilometers, sort of 4.45 pace, second 10, 4.50, just gradually, because I knew I'd get slower, everyone does. Um, So that was basically the mindset. So breaking it down into little bits and staying in that moment, things you could control, is exactly right.
0: And compartmentalizing, which is exactly spot on. you do have to be mentally tough, but you can't you can't build it into being some big insurmountable chore. That's right. Just keep it simple and work in half hour blocks, hour blocks, and work on your body. That's why in racing and even in some long training stuff, I'm big on not putting any music or any anything in. Just listen to the body and work on the work on what's gonna happen within what's happening within my body. I love that Gator said perceived effort because we look at all and in distance training, obviously. We talk about race paces a lot, but well, runners for the last 12 years has made an art form of working on perceived effort as yep. well. And in my, in what I've thought since the mid-2000s, if it's good enough for all the Africans, then it's good enough <laughs> for us. Like They're winning everywhere and they don't even touch garments yeah. or straw, um, power meters or any of these. I understand that triathletes love their power meters and I'll, I know there's a place for that, but I always feel that you know your body. Yeah, that's it. Like, you don't need something to tell you. So, But I understand why they do use it, but I love that you said that, mate. I didn't know that, actually. So that's fantastic. Your run leg, when you're bonking, what's going through your head?
1: Oh, look, it becomes uh, a real struggle. So um, you just go, talk about breaking it down, you just go aid station to aid station, basically. So the first Ironman, um, I got to probably 14k, say 12k's left, and I knew there was an aid station every two kilometres, so... That's all I did. I said I'm going I'm going to get to every aid station and then walk through it, take a drink, get to the next one, walk through it, and eventually it'll end. Um, and that's how I broke it down thanks to some advice from previous uh, runners.
0: Yeah. With with you now at the level you're at, you feel it's quite easy to like you're saying 80 to 20 hours a week you Look, like, let's just go. What's your biggest goal in the next six months? What's your biggest race in the next six months?
1: Yeah, I, look, I don't have an, an A1 sort of race. Um, I've, t- I've signed up for the two times U series and I'll probably um, in April do Challenge, which is a half Ironman in Brighton. So um, that gives me uh, the next five months and change to at least have something to aim for, which helps motivation training-wise. Definitely.
0: So we always say, uh, absolutely, if if endurance sport is your main thing, then we just try to – pick three or four races in the calendar year and then like definitely an A1 and an A2 yep, race. Yep. Um, and it could be a 5,000 metres on the track. It could be a marathon or it could be a 100k. But as long as you've got three or four races in, in the calendar year, it ticks over pretty yeah. well. And that's what I was getting at with you. You're ticking over really nicely at the moment. What, for that half Ironman in April, will you have to change? Will you add hours? Will you be more specific to the task what changes in your training methodology from current day as we sit here to maybe jan Feb as we start to ramp up for the Half Ironman?
1: Yeah, so your, your longer run becomes a bit longer um, and your, your rides become longer. Basically, that's it. Uh, you certainly tack on um, a longer brick session um, every few weeks. Even run and ride repeats become longer. So it's basically volume. Uh, volume goes up um but not but keeping your fast stuff and keeping your your high cadence yeah
0: how many times a week would you do your faster stuff on all three legs do you or is it it going fortnight blocks do you guys work in 21 day blocks with your your vo2 type running session and a bike session similar and a swim session one speed running session a week. and so Define speed at your uh, okay. distance. So yeah. so speed is different things to different people. Yep. Um, w- we probably don't use the word in, in marathon, but don't use the word speed for anything under, under 400, 500. So define okay. that for you guys. Yeah, sure.
1: So any of those s- inverted comma speed sessions, they alternate between um, 16 to 2400s at sort of 5K pace mm-hmm. with your rest. 500s times 12, 5 to 10K then six 1K efforts, three 2K efforts, and rotate those through. So that's once a week. Um, every fifth week, you might throw something else in just to keep you mentally um, sound. So um, that, when I'm talking speed, I'm talking 5K pace or even faster, yeah.
0: No, that's great. And the bike, you guys do much tempo work on bikes?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm probably four to five bike sessions a week. Two of those high intensity, um, certainly a longer aerobic ride, Um a second shorter aerobic ride, um, and then usually a little brick uh, as well.
0: And is all your swimming done in a squad, or you swim on your own?
1: Certainly, a lot of my own. I'm um, two squad sessions a week, and try and get two in on my own at least as well.
0: So you're swimming four times a week. Yeah, that's phenomenal, mate. I actually you know a lot of Iron Men that I've worked with definitely don't do four, so that's that's phenomenal. Before we move off this, there's a listener out. There's probably many listeners out here now, similar stage that you were seven eight years ago maybe in a corporate role maybe just not feeling great about themselves or just wanting to compete in something again so it could be coming from any uh walk of life what's your best advice for that person just wanting to get into endurance sport over the next six months
1: yeah i think um look i think the bottom line is i don't think you'll regret it (laughs) if you get into it i mean the bottom line is you'll once you get beyond uh, that training is difficult, so if you miss a lot of work or you're a bit overweight and you go for a run, it's hard work. Once you get over that hurdle and it becomes easier you, as you feel aerobic run, it becomes more enjoyable. And then all of a sudden it just snowballs from there. You, you want to get out there, you want to do this, you want to do some speed work, you want to get on the bike, you want to go for a swim and it changes your life and your lifestyle changes. Um, all of a sudden, you don't have that third or fourth beer because uh, you're worried about your next session. So um, everyone's different, and there's no knock on anyone who chooses you know the the, uh, the whatever lifestyle they want. But if you wanted to get involved in this, uh, I think it's a great way. If you can picture yourself getting beyond that hurdle of gee, it's hard work, uh, it'll go astronomically improve.
0: That's that's fantastic advice, and I, we always say with these like athletes and i'll call you an athlete you might not have done any activity for 10 years i think the biggest mistake you can make is is trying to it is going to be hard but trying to do too much too soon so build it up very slowly like i I, if i'm if i'm sitting here and i'm i'm 41 and i might be a bit overweight and clearly out of condition that i'm going to maybe set myself a goal for 12 months, so a, a big macro goal, and then work back from there. And a lot of the guys that, that I work with, we don't let them – we won't let them do any more than three minutes of, of effort. Like it mm. might be a two-minute jog, a three-minute walk for 30 minutes, not even just to build them up for three weeks on the bike, just spin the legs at a very aerobic heart rate. If your goal might be to, like Gator, complete an Ironman in 12 months, which is all he gave himself – you might be coming from further back because Gator was always reasonably fit, but you're still fifteen kilos heavier than I now. Is that right? 15, oh, 10 would, to 15? Yeah,
1: probably not fifteen. But um, I probably 10. I got to I certainly got to eighty. Um, and my first Ironman weight was seventy-one and change.
0: Yeah, there you go. So he's dropped ten, and look, he didn't have it to drop really, but that's what happened. So if you, you might, let's just say you're one hundred and twenty kilos, you work in a corporate role, and you sit in all day, we're well, going to be intelligent, but it's never insurmountable. Mm. Look, it, it's very achievable if you build up slowly. The slower you build up, and this is just sports science, the more the better, the more you enjoy it. Yeah. Number one. So psychologically, you're not going to be in agony. And the first three months, you don't want to be in agony. You want to make sure we're building a base, building a base, building a base, and then you can launch. But by all means, that's you can hook me up for that kind of stuff, runners.com, because yeah. I do love building people up from sedentary corporate workers to iron men. And it, like Gator said, uh, it was euthoric Is what an adjective the great man used? You mm. when he finishes an Iron Man, but your Iron Man might be your a fun run, the local park run, 5K. Yep. That might be your Iron Man, and believe me, there's nothing better than that. Gator, we're on to the quick fire questions. Wow. Your efficiency is really showing through in this podcast. I reckon we'll knock this over in under 60, but (laughs) two hours worth of content, I feel like. My brain is spinning from the nuggets of wisdom. (laughs) Your favourite session, great man. Uh,
1: So bike-wise, my favourite session is uh, 20 minutes. uh, It's called over-under. So you go two minutes, 10% above your threshold, uh, two minutes below.
0: Let me butt in. Functional threshold,
1: yes. So that's the hardest you can go for, say, 20 minutes. Yep. so if you're going 10% above for two minutes, 10% below, sort of race pace-ish, yeah. it's a great one. Um, so thanks to whoever told me that, I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> so to do that two times 20, you'll be wrecked, but it gets results. Fantastic session. Slow that down again.
0: So 20 minutes yep. with a recovery in between. So you've got 20 minutes and then a break and then 20 minutes again. 10 minutes, very, very easy. Yeah. And then 20 minutes again. Do it again. Of over, under.
1: Yeah.
0: So 10% above functional threshold yep. for two minutes yep. and then 10% okay. below. Yep. That is very specific to task, isn't it's it? hard work. That's yeah. great.
1: That's no, it's really, really solid. Um, I, I enjoy it, but it's it's not easy. No. Um, so, but if you start, if you're starting out, just go 10 minutes. You yeah. do four times 10 or three times 10 to start that off. That is a
0: great session. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic.
1: That's a ripper. Um, run-wise, I still like the flying 400s. I like feeling like I'm fast even if I'm not. So... Um, I uh, do enjoy the 400s, quick turnover, quick rest, and back into it. Uh, what would th- your recovery be for four? Oh, probably 30 to 40 seconds yep. of 400s. Yeah. Yeah, that, is, that is lactic. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's a good one. And and th- there's sort of that scaling down fartlek one, I think you showed me. So six minutes on, three off, five on, two and a half off. Mm. That's a good one. I enjoy that too.
0: That's pretty – I like – that's more of an aerobic power session. I'm really good for your 10K type, type races out there because um, you get a lot of time spent – at 10k pace with minimal recovery, so it does teach efficiency as well. Yep. Have you got a favourite one in the pool
1: or the, or the bay? Um, so the pool, I enjoy the squad, I'm lucky. Some people hate the sw- swim squads, but I enjoy it. I enjoy a bit of banter in between, I enjoy going hard. Um, my favourite one's probably, you go 800, then some short, sharp um, efforts, so 50s max, 600, 50s max, 400, eight. What does it up to? 650s max and then 208. So it's one scales down, your aerobic, yeah. and your hard stuff scales up. Um, that's, that's tough. It's not easy, but it's, uh, it's enjoyable and it goes quick.
0: Yeah, that's the thing about any of that kind of stuff, that we're scaling reps or, or changing paces and times. It does go does go very fast, fartlecky type yeah. stuff as well is the same. Favorite or least favorite sessions before I get to that?
1: Look, anything, anything with sustained max efforts – is not enjoyable you know it's a, it's a, it's a it's a necessary evil absolutely <laughs> but um you couldn't say it's fun. I don't.
0: Yeah, I don't <laughs> like asking this question because I know I know we we need to do everything. Yeah. But everyone's got a least favorite. Like,
1: yeah. Um, uh, you, you've got to do it by yeah.
0: all means. But yeah. So to, so to explain what an example would be.
1: Oh, so there's one that uh, Clint does at Bayside. So it's three times 25 minutes threshold or above threshold. So on uh, the, bike, the bike, yes. So, yes. and you and you're only getting 10 minutes rest in between the three, and you've got to try and hold the third one as quick as the first one. Um, it's a real challenge. Um, you know, it's the closest simulation you can get to, to, a, to a race.
0: That is, that's, that's very tough. Um, yeah, you can have that one. <laughs> um, now, just very personal ones. Favourite coach, coaches that have inspired you, look, living or, or not yep. living, and even if you didn't know them, and athletes that inspired you, if any?
1: Yeah, like clearly, um, footy-wise, I was so lucky to have some brilliant coaches uh, that taught me uh, more than footy, uh, life stuff. Uh, Jeff Linky and Peter Getty, Spring to Mind, uh peter gettys was a, a great human probably still is <laughs> but um he's a
0: Liston trophy winner i think
1: yeah he absolutely was at frankston yep and um but just uh and then i went to uh, sandy for you and trevor barker i was only there a short time the late great trevor barker i learned a valuable lesson from him is that the 81st person on your list is to be treated the same as your captain um and and what a brilliant lesson i learned from from that great man
0: hey mate um listeners trevor barker is a household name here and um he was one of the great St Kilda footballers of all time. So, that's a beautiful lesson mm. from someone who um, had every inte- had every right to be an egomaniac, yeah, that's but it exactly wasn't. Right. So, a beautiful person inside and out, Trev. Um, I didn't know that. That's fantastic, mate. Athlete- have you got athletes like um, in you as a youngster that you looked up to. Now, it doesn't matter. It just could be you. Like it doesn't matter. But yeah. is there any athletes that you not, not even look up to, but? You take stuff like I take stuff from certain athletes that I love their traits. Yep, I love a certain trait that I might want to be. It could be a footballer, runner, it could be a golfer.
1: Yeah, I had a lot of um, heroes growing up with footy because footy was my my whole life, as we sort of touched on earlier till I learnt the lesson. But one outside of the obvious in footy was um, an NBA basketballer called Isaiah Thomas. Um, he had uh, he was only he was only six foot one, so not big by NBA standards, but a competitive beast times a thousand. Probably the greatest, arguably the greatest clutch player of all time, and the great lesson from him was: uh, so, you know, I think he scored 25 points a game in a quarter once, um, in a final, and they said, "How do you do that?" And he said, "I have no idea, but if you're doing all of your little sessions throughout the year, that's the reward for that. That's the cream on top. So the only way you're going to get to that point is to um, not miss any opportunities to train and better yourself." and uh, you know, and he and Jerry Rice was another one who, Jerry Rice would say, I'm, I'm quite talented. You know, he, was, he wasn't a dickhead or, or immodest, but he knew he was talented. He said, how can this bloke beat me if I'm training as hard as him? If, I, if I'm training the hardest, how can anyone beat me?
0: Nuggets, nuggets of wisdom. Isaiah Thomas was an animal Mm. Um, Jerry, I know you're a a 49ers man, aren't you?
1: Oakland Raiders, but he played for us for a bit Yeah, you're 49ers,
0: are you not? Raiders You're Raiders My brother's 49ers Yeah, okay, sorry mate mate. Sorry, I've (laughs) I've mistaken the Gately brothers But um, Isaiah Thomas was such a part of that um, side of the Pistons, 88, 89 They went back to back, did they not? Yeah, that was a side that had on talent on paper possibly had no right to win. Mm. They went back to back on on work rate and heart alone, yep. and possibly like copped a, an aggressive reputation. They did, but it, their 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 absolute determination was was paramount. Yeah. Possibly no NBA team since then has been as ruthless as they were, mm-hmm. and Isaiah was a big. A big um, driver of that, I think he was the captain. He in, was the captain, yeah, the Smiling Assassin. But yeah, um,
1: yeah they were certainly uh, right on the threshold of, of the rules being broken. Uh, but the umpires are there to adjudicate the game. And if there was, look, if there's a weakness in in you uh, as an athlete, they would have found it. They'll find it. Yeah.
0: But I think if we can listen, if we can take anything away from from Gator there, or Isaiah's work of all those little things, say so any kind of mini band work, any kind of foam rolling. Any kind of recovery work, any kind of meditation, Mm. sports psychology, single leg work, mobility work that you can do is going to complement what we spoke about, the 1600s, the 1400s. It's going to complement the 30K runs and it's going to evolve into the perfect storm when it's needed most, which in Isaiah's case might have been game seven. Mm. V. The Bulls, or in Gator's case, might have been an Ironman or a World Champs, or in your case, might be your local park run or game of footy. Mate, that is absolutely spot on. Inspiration away from sport. Mm. I'm not sure I've uh, ever met a bigger lover of Eddie Vedder, the Pearl Jam lead singer. Mm. Spend a minute on him, and mate, I've got a feeling you can go for five minutes. Just please don't just love up too much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, basically. How can I say this without hyperbole? I mean, he has made my life and probably a million other humans insurmountably better just by being a great man and treating everyone with respect, women, children, adults, um, but just conducting himself in the most brilliant fashion uh, as well as uh, playing some of the most extraordinary life-changing music. Um, so, you know, they say uh, music's a religion. Uh, it's certainly... In his case with me, it absolutely is. He's the, like, I, my mum was a freak show, a great human, the greatest human I've met. But all the great traits I have, if there are any, um, come from him and mum. That's about it.
0: That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty big, mate. That's pretty special. And I, I, um, I can imagine, yeah, growing up, like, yeah, you, you've obviously a beautiful man, but you, he, he, he's obviously touched you in a way that I don't think, like, musicians touch people, but he's touched you in a very, very big way.
1: Yeah, that's right. I remember a quote from him saying once um, that uh, uh, Pete Townsend, of course from The Who, um, he said Pete Townsend saved my life. He didn't know what music could be. And uh, Eddie, you could argue that with, with a lot of humans and possibly me as well.
0: That's that's pretty special. On Twitter, D. Gately's got tens of thousands of followers, but it, it's not his media. That he's got up there, he's got his Eddie Vedder's Disciple, is that correct? That's correct. Eddie Vedder's Disciple, so none of his footy man or or racing media, it's Eddie Vedder's Disciple. Music is a big part of your life still?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's the best thing in life. Um, you know, the, as much as I love the birth of my son and my wedding day, um, the 10 best days of my life are all Pearl Jam shows. That is... Phenomenal.
0: I've seen him once. He's it uh, he was unbelievable. Mm. I've seen anyone's. I didn't know he went to ten. Um, any other superstar music? You were trying to. I don't know if you were channeling Kirk Cobain in the mm. mid nineties or those locks were good. You oh, did. Yeah. You got. A, you had a lot of Kirk Cobain about you. Um, not so much anymore. <laughs> was some? Was there any other artists that were obviously not not in that stratosphere? But was there yeah. any other artists that inspired you, or just?
1: Oh, many. many. Yeah, but look, it's like a phantom limb now. The uh, the hair gone, but it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> good times. But um, yeah, certainly that whole grunge era. Uh, there are a lot of people making a difference in a good way. Um, but I certainly you know the the Kurt Cobain locks for a while and. Um, a lot of those guys and girls in that era that are still around today, um, Tori Amos, Alanis Morissette, uh, plenty of local artists, Paul Dempsey from Something for Kate, they, they're doing great things and they're making the world a better place. They
0: really are. And they are artists. Like they're, um, unfortunately, they're not as mainstream anymore, but they are like, lyrical geniuses yep. and just good people. And yep. and like, they resonate with millions and no doubt save millions of lives as well, yep. intrinsically, subliminally or, or by no- knowingly. Um, this I don't love this word, but I'm going to use it. What right. motivates? I don't love motivation sometimes, but what motivates Gator day to day?
1: I think just feeling uh, fit and well and healthy. Um, I think I don't want to ever go back to, not that I was ever you know um, massively overweight, but I don't like lo- I don't like that that feeling. I don't want to go back to that. So um, that keeps me ticking over, and when it gets to race day, I want to. Be the best I can be Now if that's 8th uh, As it was the other week Or 18th at the Worlds Whatever it is That's fine Just be the best 18th or 8th you can be
0: Yes that's, That quote is going On the show notes <laughs> There is nothing sure About that Gator Tell me what an ideal day Looks like In the life Of Dee Gately So Gator you've got Your whole Saturday Sunday Off Tell me what the The weekend The best day in the life Of Gator could look like
1: Alrighty. So be as adventurous the, as you want okay no it's a good one um so i'd, I'd probably get up uh, early and and go for a swim um then get on the bike for a couple of hours with the, the music going so um you know i don't need other humans when i'm riding the bike uh the ipod's fine uh and then spending time with the little man is and, and the lovely is um, is gold, especially at the age he's at now. He's nine, so he still likes me. You know, <laughs> when he gets to 13, <laughs> 14, it might be a bit different. But um, you know that that's a great day. Uh, but it's, as long as it involves some sort of exercise, some sort of time with family, and maybe the odd bet, uh, that's you know and some music. Um, that's all I need.
0: That's perfect, mate. I'll, <laughs> I love where you went. I'm sure you're going to go somewhere with Eddie Vedder, but that, <laughs> um that is perfect. And, and that's you are so down to earth and, and such a lovable character. When you are on TV, mate, that comes out. And it's a credit to you because so many people try to be something they're not. Yeah. And um, and you are just yourself. And that's why you are so popular for the nation. Now, final thing before we, we wrap up. If, if you are to get well, – you want to be the best version of yourself, yes – is there anything you feel on the three legs of the multi sport that you want to change, adjust? It's not not enough just to say I have got to work on it. Is yeah. there anything you could move the needle a little bit? Like I know it's a tough question, a different one. I haven't worded him up on any of these, by yeah. the way. So, is there anything you could really adjust? Is something? You, so, could it be sleep? Could it be mm. more meditation, psychology, like speed work,
1: whatever? Yeah. Look, I think uh, I don't think there's much more I could do on the track or on the bike uh, than I've done over the last couple of years, but certainly. Stuff externally um, given my experience with the sports psychologist, maybe there's something there I could I could I go and have a chat to again revisit that one because it was so beneficial last time, um, and yeah, maybe some motiv- uh, meditational stuff that I haven't tried. So uh, if you haven't tried it, you don't know. So I'm I'm happy to explore those. Good tip.
0: Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more because you are such highly true. And I'm looking at you now. There's you literally couldn't get any fitter, and I've know your times and I know what you've done this year for. For the age group stuff so physically and i just we just chat about running a lot but we don't i don't look after you but um you couldn't get much better physically but i agree with your job and and the hours you put in i think it would be good like Mm. to do some work above the shoulders so we, we spoke about the early 20s how your life took a very different direction now you might be doing it purely as performance based but to get to the next level. How can I get better? And and that's just something we can look at. All, all athletes, I I reckon, just revisit what can I do that I'm not doing already. Yep. And and if it's something like that, like Gator would get a massage tomorrow if he needed it. So maybe even if nothing's outwardly wrong, maybe I should have a chat to someone. Yeah, no, just it's Even it's just one hour a month.
1: Yeah, that's it. I don't see the thing. That's the bottom line. Look, it, it can't do any harm. No, it can. Only, you can only be the same or get better. Mm. So. Um, I would highly recommend it and um, something I'll, I'll look at.
0: Gator, you've been absolutely magnificent, mate. Um, we will follow your journey. I'm going to pin Gator's, and he doesn't want me to do this, but I'm going to put in, pin up his uh, mm-hmm. business up to the show notes. Uh, we'll do that, ozracing.com, because he's a beautiful man. I just want people to read the amount of work he does, but we will follow his journey. Now, if you look out on Runners' Instagram, Runners' Facebook, you'll see that we, we've covered him over before the, the national champ, but we will, not quite, close, we will put him up over the next few races and, and leading into Challenge Melbourne, which we've got lots of runners, athletes competing at. We'll, we'll keep in touch. As always, if Man is something on your radar, please, please yell out runners.com and we'd be more than happy to help. Listeners, get out for a run or do something that's going to make you better tomorrow. And thanks so much, Gator.
1: Mate, it's been a pleasure. And thanks so much to you. You've been a massive help to me over the journey.
0: You're a beautiful man, mate. Take care. Thanks, listeners.